Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. We are grateful and thankful for your goodness. We thank you, Lord, that you have ordered our steps to be here tonight. Lord, we are confident that you have something in store for us. We pray, Lord, that you prepare our hearts to receive what you have for us. May our hearts be fertile, that the word of God will fall onto a fertile ground and bring forth fruits in our lives. We thank you, Spirit of God, for making way for us. Take control of the service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't you clap your hands together for Jesus? And please be seated. And tonight, I want to continue with a message we've been sharing for several weeks now about the good work that God has begun in you. The good work that God has begun in you. Are you tired of this? series okay let's see how far don't worry we will conclude it soon but um i want us to continue with this we were talking about several areas that god is doing a good work in our lives amen and for the last few weeks we've been talking about the good work that god is doing in our finances, the good work that God is doing in our finances. Now, before we continue, let us read our foundational scripture to remind ourselves our foundational scripture in Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 6. I believe now this should be a memory verse that all of you should be able to recite. Amen. And um, it was also our scripture of the week. And I believe that all of this should be telling you something. Do you understand? It should be telling you something. You know, I don't think, you know, we've been sharing on this particular subject for some few weeks now. I mean, we've been sharing on this for some few weeks. And then we had... Bishop Intefo visiting us and it seems he's confirming what we are sharing. Talking about the grace of giving. Talking about giving. And this is what we've been sharing. And then this is our scripture of the week as well. What has been our foundational scripture is our scripture of the week. So I felt that maybe the people were tired. Let's put a pause and then pick up on something and come back. But I felt compelled that God wants us to hear something. Do you understand? And I believe that he that had hear to hear, he that had ears to hear will be blessed. You know, I don't think it's coincidence. Do you understand? I don't think it's coincidence. That we are hearing these things. 
and it is coming also from different angles and different direction, you know. And even this evening, just as I was sitting and just meditating in the car, somebody came to confirm that we need to hear this. Somebody just came to me with a wonderful, some powerful testimony that confirms that God wants us to hear this. But the ones who will be blessed are the ones who will take God's word literally and run with it. Do you understand? So let us all together read our foundational scripture. One, two, three, go. Amen. So when will the work that has begun finish? Until the day of Jesus Christ. So the work is not done. The work is not finished with you. It says, be confident in this very thing that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it. He will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Now, when God is doing a good work in you, you will not see the end of it. And sometimes the path that God will take you through may not even look like a good work to you. If you were in the, you were, you were walking with God and you came to a wilderness, you will not think that God is with you. You will think God has abandoned you. You came to a place where there is there is no water, you will not think God is with you. With me. Or you came to a place where there is a mighty ocean and an enemy is coming after you and you don't see any escape, you will not think that moment that God is with you. But then he says that even when you come to a place like that where you see no help, you see no way, be confident in this very thing. That the one who had begun a good work in you will perform it. He will do it. He will continue. He will complete it. He will do it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not done. Are you with me? So any stage that you find yourself, even according to your definition, it might be a wretched state. Be confident in this. Why does he say be confident? Because you will come to a stage where you will lose confidence. You will lose confidence. You will come to a stage where there's no confidence. You don't think any good will come out of where you are right now. You don't see any good. You don't see any way out. You you don't see any way forward. You lose confidence. But that time, when you are in a place like that, God's word should come in your heart and in your mind and drop inside you into your spirit to say that be confident in this very thing. Be confident in this stage. Be confident in this condition. Be confident that God is with you and the work that he had begun with you, he's not done. He will continue it until the day of Jesus Christ. There is no need for anyone to say be confident if there is not a potential for you to lose confidence. 
I mean, you are a confident person. You are a, a, a man of confidence. You are a woman of confidence. And as you are going on the interview, somebody sees you, and then he says, how do you feel about this interview that you are going to? Oh, it's cool shot. It's nothing, no problem. I, I mean, I am well prepared, and I feel that this is the go, it's going to be a breeze. Or you are going to take a test. Or you are going to you are going to you are, you are going to meet someone. You are going for a job interview, and then somebody meets you and say, "How do you feel? I mean, how, you, are, you, are, are you okay? You look like you are nervous." You say, "Nervous? You are getting a wrong picture. I, I, I am confident that I'm going to get this job." Now the person cannot say, "Be confident." I mean, what is the point now? Me telling you. But when I see that you don't have confidence, that is when, or when I see that the potentially you may lose confidence, that is what will prompt me to say, be confident in this. Are you with me? Yes. yes. That is when I will say, be confident in this. So God is saying, be confident means that whatever stage you are, there's a potential for you to even lose confidence. To lose faith in God. But be confident in this. That means have faith in God. That he's working on your situation. He's not done. No matter what difficulty. No matter what challenge. He says be confident in this. Hallelujah. Sometimes you come to a state where you don't see any light. You don't see any light at the end of the tunnel. But God is saying, when you come to a state like that, be confident. Amen. 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 Be confident. Hallelujah. Amen. So he said, being confident of this very thing, the thing that God is doing a good work in you, be confident in that, that he which had begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. So we are continuing on the good work that God is doing in our lives. And we've been talking about the good work that God is doing on our finances. Hallelujah. And so far, I've given you some points under this subtopic. Do you remember? Number one, we said God wants you to be rich, blessed, and prosperous. Number two, we said the work does not begin at the same level for all of us. And we give different reasons why. We say some of us came to God in debt. Some also, we have all different kinds of earning capability or capacities. And then the third one, we say we have inherited traditions of or attitudes of laziness, non-performance, and backwardness. Amen. And then the next one, we said that there's a prolonged exposure. Some people have prolonged exposure to poverty which also affects you and how you receive blessings and how you perceive or even look at blessings. Some of you, you, you have a mentality, you are even afraid of wealth. Oh, yes. You are afraid of wealth. You know, prolonged exposure to poverty. You know, you even see wealth, you think there's something wrong. Some, it's, it's like, a sin. You have you, it's something wrong. You see someone who has acquired wealth. You think that the person is a thief. Your perception. 
And the next point, number three, we say, do not seek after riches. Do not seek after riches. And number four, we said, seek the kingdom. And then number five, we said the principle, we talk about the principle of Apache. Do you remember? And then number six, we said, become a giver. Become a giver. And we shared so many things about being a giver. We talk about the disadvantages of being a receiver. When you are at the receiving end, we said that receiving paralyzes you. When you are at the receiving end. And then it makes you wait. It makes you wait. It takes away the edge to go on. It takes away the edge to fight. It takes away the edge to pursue. When you are receiving, when you are being provided for constantly and you depend on that, it makes you wait for the next giving. And then the next one, number three, we said another disadvantage. It makes you look forward to the next gift. Okay, you are waiting for it. You are paralyzed. Number four, receiving takes away your innovation and creativity. Receiving has paralyzed so many nations. And their innovation and creativity is as if they have no brains of their own. They can't do anything. They are paralyzed. And number five, we say receiving makes you lazy. Amen. Amen. Receiving makes you lazy. So we talked about moving away from the receiving end and be a giver. Be a giver. No matter what state you are in, we talk about being a giver. Hallelujah. And then we began talking about rules of giving. Did we talk about rules of giving? I want to call it biblical rules of giving or biblical rules for giving. Okay, so make it biblical under this subtopic, make it biblical rules for giving. Biblical rules for giving. Did I give you some points under that? How many points did I give you? One point. Okay, so we said give according to your income. Isn't that so? Give according to your income. Okay. And um, we read Deuteronomy chapter 16 and verse 17. Give according to your income. Deuteronomy 16 and verse 17. God wants to bless you. And I want you to take these messages seriously. Receive it. Amen. Amen. Let your heart receive the message and believe in it. Amen. So Deuteronomy 16, 17, we say, Every man, every man shall give as he is able according to the blessing of the Lord thy God which he hath given thee. Every man's giving must, or his ability must depend on the blessing of God which he has given you. Your giving must be in relation to how much God has blessed you. Amen. Amen. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? That is how much you have to give. That is what should define your ability based on God's blessings upon your life. Based on how God has blessed you should determine how much you can also give. Hallelujah. Let's read the NIV. 
NIV. It says, NIV, each of you must bring a gift in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So your giving, your gift must be in proportion to the way the Lord your God has blessed you. It must be in proportion. What you are given should be in, in proportion to or with how God has blessed you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's read a common English version or contemporary. Let's read a contemporary English version. Do you have that? You don't have the contemporary English version. That's a very complex contemporary English <laughs> version. <laughs> you don't have it. Does somebody have that? Yes. Who has that? Read it for me. What does it say? The bigger the harvest the Lord gives you, the bigger your gift should be. Wow. The bigger the harvest the Lord gives you, the bigger your giving should be. Is that correct? Your gift should be. The bigger the harvest the Lord gives you, the bigger your gift should be. Is that correct? So it means your gift must be in proportion to your harvest. Wow. <laughs> According to how much God has blessed you, it should define your ability. But you see, most, most people don't give like that. Most people don't give like that. Most people don't give not because they are unable, but it's because they don't want to. God has blessed you. God knows he has blessed you. But most people don't give not because they don't, they don't have it. They don't give because they don't want to. Are you with me? But the Bible is saying, give according to how much God has blessed you. Sometimes people give little because they don't want to give much. They don't want to give much. Or they give with a mentality of poverty. Do you understand? Prolonged exposure of poverty. You see, that's why we were sharing about all these things. They affect your giving. You realize that your giving must be in proportion to the way the Lord has blessed you. You know that the Lord has blessed you. But when you look at how much you are giving, you continue in your mentality of poverty and it's too much. It's just too much. Too much for the poor person. Too much for the poor mentality. Are you with me? <laughs> I tell you, a lot of people don't give according to how much God has blessed them. But God's rule, that is why we are learning the biblical rules for giving. This is the reason why we are learning the biblical rules for giving. God's rule for giving is to give according to how much he has blessed you. That is the biblical rule. If you want to receive, if you want to receive God's blessing, then you have to give according to God's rules for giving. Amen. He says, if God has blessed you this much, this is how much you have to give. 
If God has given you this harvest, this is how much you have to give. It implies that we all also cannot give the same. Isn't that so? It means that we cannot all give the same. We cannot all give the same. We don't all have the same abilities. Or God has not blessed us all in the same way. God has blessed us to different proportions and different degree. But our giving must be in proportion to what God has blessed each one of us. The other version, it says, each of you should give according to how much God has blessed you. Isn't what it says? Each of you. That means each individual. So we cannot all give the same way. So even if we are giving collectively and we say, okay, we all, everyone is going to give a dollar. You know that that is not how much you're supposed to give. Perhaps you should give $10. Wow. Are you with me? But if they say a dollar, that is a dollar. Not in proportion. That's what you said. That's what I'm giving. Not in proportion to how much God has blessed you. Amen. Amen. Listen, God is very much interested in how much you give. God is very much interested to know how much you give. To see how much you give. And what you give would call for how much he gives you. Because God will always multiply what you give. Do you understand? I think we read a scripture in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12 and verse 41. Was it Matthew 12? Matthew 12 verse 41. Matthew 12. Do you have that scripture? Mark. Was it Mark? Mark 12, 41. Mark 12, 41. Okay, yes. Mark 12, 41. He said, Jesus sat down opposite the place where the offerings were put and watched the crowd. He watched the crowd putting their money into the temple treasury. And many rich people threw in large amounts. Many rich people. So you would think that they have given a lot. Do you see? He said, many rich people give large amounts. But a poor widow came and put in two very small copper coins worth only a fraction of a penny. Then look, his observation. Calling his disciples to him, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the treasury than all the others. Than all the others. They all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, putting everything, all that she had to live on. That is the lost observation. And Jesus, who came from heaven, who sits at the right hand side of God, and sees when God is blessing people, when people are giving and they are putting in, and God looks. Jesus is sitting there and he's watching, and God looks and he sees your giving. He says, Oh, this one. And then he says, Oh, this one. He sees all of this. He sat there and he sees. And he says, In the heavenly rule, you give according to how much God has blessed you. So if you are giving this way, forget it, it's a loss. He's the one that is telling us these things. 
Look, often the people who have received more, they are the ones that find it very difficult to give. They find it very difficult to give. But may it be easy for you to give. I say, may you have the easiness of giving. Amen. Number two, give discreetly. Or give without a show off. Give discreetly or give without a show off. Are you learning something? Yeah. You want heavenly blessings? Learn to give the heavenly way. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. So our next point is give discreetly. What is our first point? Give according to your income. And now we are talking about the second point and we said what? Yes. Or give without a show off. Give without a show off. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 1. It says, Take heed. Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of who? Of who? (laughs) Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, ye have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. You have no reward of your father which is in heaven. Therefore, when thou doest thine arms, do not sound a trumpet before thee as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou, when thou doest arms, Let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine arms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Hallelujah. Look, let us not read the scripture. How many of you have read the scriptures before? How many of you are familiar with the scripture? Look, let us not read the scriptures and just think they are jokes. Do you understand? Let us not read the scriptures and think that they are jokes. Amen. The Bible says, God is not a man that he should lie. God is not a man that he should lie. Do you understand? You see, we relate with God like he's a man. That is why we treat the scriptures like that. We relate with God like he's a man. Do you understand what I'm saying? And we think that, oh, you know, when somebody says something, you say, oh, stop, lie, lie. You know, oh, stop it. You, can, you won't do that. You know, oh, come on. You know what? You, do you understand what I'm saying? When somebody says something, he says, if you don't come, if you, maybe a father is talking to his child, you know, if you don't come, I will take this out from you. 
Do you understand? It's like a joke, daddy, you know, his ways. God is not like that. God is not a man. He is not lying. God is not a man. What scripture is that? It's Numbers. Numbers 18. Or Numbers, Numbers 23, 18. Nine. Numbers 23, 19. He said, God is not, he says, no, I think 19. Okay. He said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He's not a man that he should lie. Nor a son of man that he should repent. He doesn't say his things and then he changes it. He changes his mind. Oh, I was just joking. No, no, no. God is not like that. We relate with God like that. So we don't take the scriptures, you know, seriously. We don't take the scriptures seriously. We think that, oh, God is just joking. God is not a man. Don't relate with God like a man. Don't take God's words as if they are man's words. If a man will say something like that, he said, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. He doesn't change his mind about things like that. Had he said, and shall he not do it? If God has said it, he will do it. If God has said it, he means it. God does not joke with his words. God, listen, God is a great God. God is a great God, overlooks the entire universe. Why he should be joking with words? Why do you think the few words, the Bible, the words that are in the Bible, is all that he has given us? Why do you think any part of it, he should be joking with it? He has a lot of responsibility. And for the people, look at even just us. He can joke with his words. So we should not joke with the scriptures. We should take the scriptures seriously. That if God is, he says, he says, has he said it? And shall he not do it? He will do it. He will do it. What he's saying, he means it. If you believe, if you believe in his promises and his blessings, then believe in the things that he says, if you don't do, this is what's going to happen. Believe it. Or has he spoken and shall he not make it good? Joe, do you understand the word of God? Yeah. So back to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 1 again. He says, be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men to be, seen of, to be seen by them. If you do, if you do, pause and say, hey, this is God giving a warning. He said, if you do, you will have no reward from your heavenly father in heaven. No joke. So that right away you should say that not every giving has a reward from heaven. You should make a conclusion for yourself and say, oh, so not every giving has a reward from heaven. <laughs> Let's believe in the word of God. If we believe in the scripture that says, give and it shall be given unto you, a full measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, if you believe in that scripture, then believe also that if you do your arms such that men shall see it, 
then God is saying you will not have any heavenly reward. God will not reward you. You will not have any reward from God. Take it and run with it. It is the scriptures. God is not a man. Don't relate with God like a man. Don't relate with God. Men say things, and they don't really mean it. Sometimes they say it like they're threatening you. Do you understand? And you know it because they said it before, and they didn't do anything. You know? Sometimes we relate, we relate with God like that. That, oh, God will not really, really do that. God cannot be that serious. I mean, we, don't, we can't take it that literally. Take it literally. It is what he's saying. He says he's not, a, he's not a man that he should lie. He's not a man that he should lie. And he doesn't repent of his words. What he has said, he doesn't repent. He doesn't change his mind. He will not change it for you. As for my situation, God understands. Ah, you know, the way things are, God understands. This one, I can't just give like that. You see, so sometimes we wonder why we have been given and given and given for some time now and we have not received. We say give and it shall be given unto you a full measure. And we wonder why we have been given and given and we have not received. Because we have to give the heavenly way. We have to know biblical rules for giving. There are biblical rules and one of the rules is that be careful not to do your acts of righteousness before men. To be seen of them. Don't show off. To be seen of them. Because if you do, the rule is that if you do, you will have no reward from your heavenly father. You have no reward. Accept it. Is it hard to understand? You see? And Many people, you have been given and you don't see any reward. And you are losing even interest in giving and hopes in giving. There's no reward because of the way you give, not giving the biblical way. That is why we are learning about biblical rules for giving. If we want blessings for our giving, then we must know about the biblical way. We must know how heavenly looks at giving. The blessing, the giving that attracts the heavenly father's reward. Amen. Amen. So the Bible says, when you do not let the left hand know, it says when you are giving, when the left hand is giving, do not let even the right hand know. When the right hand is giving, do not let the left hand know what it's doing. Isn't that you say, so when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets. Do not announce it with trumpets. Don't give with the intent that people will know. Don't give and announce it with trumpets. You say that is what hypocrites do in the synagogues. So in the church, people do that also. And that the Bible calls them hypocrites. Amen. amen. I didn't hear you. I said amen. amen. And the church was quiet. <laughs> so it's not only on the streets that people do that. It's not only 
at workplaces, and it's not only at funerals that people do that. There's a culture, some group of people, you know, and they go to funerals and they want to, they say, we are here, give us a microphone to announce that we are here and they give all kinds of accolades for themselves. And then when they finish, they say, clap for us. <laughs> clap for us because we have done well. <laughs> the Bible says that this type of giving, you have wasted your money. There is no reward. You have received your reward from men. They have clapped for you. I don't know if you are reading the scriptures with me, but I'm getting closer to read it with you. He says, so when you give to the needy, Somebody who has been bereaved, do not announce it with the trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets. To be honored by men, clap for us because we have done well. Clap for us. And then if you're not clapping, they'll make you clap. Clap. <laughs> it says, I tell you the truth. Who is telling the truth? Who is telling the truth? The one who sits by the right hand side of God. That sees the heavenly father rewarding, giving, and rewarding. When people give, he sees the heavenly father blessing them and throwing blessings. He says, this is the truth. I tell you the truth. They have received their reward in full. There's nothing else coming. The clapping is enough. So you want to give so men will clap for you. That is your reward. That is your reward. That is the one who sees what the heavenly father does to giving. And this is he who is announcing this. Cecilia, do you understand the word of God? That's what he's saying. This, this is, these are not my words. These are Jesus' words. I think we need to really know the biblical rules for giving. Amen. So he said, but when thou doest arms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth. That means do it discreetly. Even your left hand. Don't let the right hand know. When the, don't let the left hand know when the right hand is given. Do you understand? So it's a very, it's like very humble way of giving. It's like your hand is at your back. Even as you are giving, literally. But what it means is that when someone is there, don't even let the other person know if it is going as far as even your left hand. In other words, let your giving be discreet. Let your giving be what? Discreet. The giving that attracts heavenly blessings is the discreet type of giving. Hallelujah. That says the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That is what he says. And I tell you, the scriptures are real. So let us not joke with the scriptures. God is not wasting time with the scriptures. That is why I'm stressing on this. I'm stressing on this because many people don't know the biblical rules for giving. 
or they ignore the biblical rules for giving and they complain that they are not blessed for their giving. Many people complain that they are not blessed for their giving. But it's because you are not obeying the biblical rules for giving. But tell your neighbor, now you know. Say, now you know why. Why your giving has not attracted blessing. Amen. Now, having said that, I want to explain further that there are times when your giving cannot always be completely discreet. Do you understand? Your giving cannot be completely discreet. You know, say, for instance, you have a family car, okay, that you have used for some time now, and you are acquiring a new one, and you want to dash that old car to someone. Do you understand? If you want to do that, I mean, it will be hard for the right hand to just give without the left hand knowing. <laughs> Do you understand? It will be very hard. Isn't that so? It will be very hard, for instance, I come to you and I say, can you give me this iPad? Is it? I can take it. Okay, did you need both hands to give me? Can you give me this iPad? You can give me with the right hand, right? But if I come, I come to him and I say, can you dash me this pulpit? Come and try. No, 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 no. With your right hand. The left hand is not supposed to see. Can you dash me this pulpit? With your right hand. Without the left hand knowing. You see? So there are certain giving you cannot be discreet. You can't do it without the left hand knowing. You understand? Such as giving your family car, old family car. You can't give, I mean, the next thing you'll see, somebody's driving your old family car. It's going to bring a lot of confusion. Isn't that so? So in that sense, the left hand will know what the right hand is doing. Are you with me? Yes. Or you have a family account and then you want to give a large sum to someone. You want to help someone to give a large sum, and you just go into your family account, and then you just take out and just give it. And then your spouse comes to the account and says, what happened to the money? Oh, were you not in church when Reverend says, the right hand can give? <laughs> you are bringing a lot of trouble to me with my, and counseling, many hours of counseling. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Yeah. Don't say, what should I tell you? Amen. But certain giving, you can't afford. But the, the type that the Lord is talking about is giving with the intent. You have an intent for men to see. The giving that you sound trumpet. You blow trumpets. Are you with me? That is the type of giving that we are talking about. So there are certain types of giving that even your spouse must not know. Do you understand? Your spouse must not know. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? There are certain types of giving that your spouse must not know. And I will tell you for the simple reason why certain types of giving the right hand will give and the left hand must not know. You see, 
Sometimes the Lord may use someone to be a blessing to you. Do you understand? The Lord will use someone to be a blessing to you. And then the Lord will touch your heart. Will touch your heart to bless that person. Do you understand? And then you, 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 feel, you feel that the Lord has touched your heart to give some large sum. To bless the person in a very significant way. Do you understand? You feel, you, 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 you feel that a touch has come upon you to bless the person in a very significant way. Something that you have not even done before. Are you with me? You see, that type of touch, it is a touch on your heart. Do you understand? It is a touch on your heart. And the Lord wants to bless you. That is why you have received a touch like that. Now, if you go and now you are discussing it with someone. Do you understand? You are discussing it with someone. Maybe you go and then you go to your friend or you go to, and then you say, you know, the Lord has touched my heart to, you know, bless this person with this. And then the person, you see, you have to understand that the Lord has not touched this person's heart. Is it, you are saying the Lord has touched your heart. Now the Lord has not touched this person's heart. Do you understand? So the person, next question is, hey, are you sure? <laughs> Do you understand? Are you sure of this? He says, have you prayed about that? Have you thought deeply about that? Do you understand? In the person's present condition. Now, this person, the Lord does not touch his heart. So, his, all his... Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? All his counseling, advice that he's going to give you it is based on his condition. Nothing has been done to him by this person that the Lord is saying bless. He has not had any blessing like that. And now his counseling, his advice, his suggestions, they are based on his condition. His poor mentality, mentality of poverty, prolonged exposure to poverty. Do you understand? And that is how he's going to counsel you. So he's coming and are you sure? Have you thought about that? Hey, what about your tuition? Have you considered your tuition? You know, you have some loans. Have you thought about your loans? You know, have you considered your rent? Have you paid your rent? You see, now he's giving you all reasons to tell you that it's too much. And he's cutting your blessings. That kind of counseling is cutting your blessings. Because the Lord touched your heart, not his heart. Not her heart, not his heart. So he, you're, you're consulting with that person is cutting your blessings. Are you with me? And you, that person, who is now the consultant, who has cut off somebody's blessings like that, your time will come. Do you understand? You see, because everyone likes to receive more. So now somebody, the Lord will touch somebody's heart. And the person wants to bless you mightily. You know, and then the person also goes to talk to another person. And then you see that whatsoever a man soweth, 
that shall he reap also. And then you hear of it. And then you hear, he says, oh, this person was planning to bless this person with a car. He was planning to buy this, I don't know, the Lord touched his heart. He says, he felt the Lord has touched his heart to bless this person with a car. He was almost at the dealership. He was almost signing it. But then, you know, I don't, he doesn't know why. I called this person and that person said, oh, get him a Hyundai, you know. Oh, maybe give him a thousand dollars. Give him two hundred. Ah, him, he, he'll be very happy with a hundred. This guy, oh, I know him. He'll be very happy. Even 50, he will, he, will, he will be very happy with 50. So a car, your car has been dropped to 50 because of your counseling. He doesn't even have a license. What does he need a car for? Where is he going to park it? The person will also give the same reasons why you don't deserve it. So, actually, somebody consulting you with their touch like that is a very dangerous thing. Wow. It's very dangerous. When somebody comes to you and says, the Lord has touched my heart to bless this person with this. You know, I'm thinking, should I give him 5,000 or 500? 5,000 or 1,000? 5,000 or this? You, the consultant, say 5,000 because that is what he really wants to do. Wow. He needs someone to confirm it for him. That is what he really wants to do. That is what he wants to do. That was a touch. So you always shoot for the high and tell him, the Lord attached you for 5,000. Give him 5,000. Why are you reducing it? It's the Lord that's touched. The same way that you are sowing, you see that you also will reap. You will also reap. Don't downgrade people's blessings. Amen. So, honestly, spouses are mostly at risk for this type of spouses. You know, they downgrade blessings. You downgrade blessings. You, you know we have this. We know we have that. To, we have we have to pay this. We have to do this. We have to pay this. We have to. But you see, you are cutting off blessings. That is why you sometimes your blessing, your giving should be discreet, for the blessing of the family. Give discreetly. You know there are certain blessings. I mean, even as spouses, there's there's a certain amount that comes to you, isn't that so? After you've done your budget, you say okay. For this month, I will have this for myself. You too, you have this for yourself. So the one that belongs to you, that no one controls and this, give discreetly. Give discreetly. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? So I'm not saying that go and take the family money and then just, um, and discreetly you say, you know, this is what Reverend is saying. Amen. Is somebody being blessed this evening? Yes. Let's see if we can finish this. Are we learning about the heavenly rules for giving? Okay. Number three. Number three. Give freely 
and willingly. Give freely and willingly. Give freely and willingly. So it means that do not give out of compulsion. Do not give out of compulsion. There is no blessing. There is no blessing in a giving that is out of compulsion. There is no blessing. I want you to learn these things and understand them. There is no blessing. Whenever you give out of compulsion, you have wasted your money. You have wasted your money. So don't be under pressure to give. Don't be under pressure to give. You don't receive any reward from your heavenly father. Hallelujah. That is a wasteful giving. Say wasteful giving. giving. Yes. Don't give under pressure. Don't give under compulsion. That is why you you must give according to your ability. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. We are talking about rules, biblical rules for giving. What is number one? Give according to your income. Number two? Give discreetly or give without a show off. Number three? Wonderful. Give freely and willingly. Second Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 12. It says, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man hath, and not according to that he hath not. For if there be first a willing mind, so number one, first, there must be a willing mind. For every given, there must be a willing mind. You have to have a willing mind. We are talking about biblical rules for giving. Steve, biblical rules for giving. There must be a willing mind. You have to have a willing mind. He said, if there be first a willing mind, then it's acceptable according to that a man hath and not that he had not. Amen. So every, every type of giving must be preceded by a willing mind. Before you give, assess that you are willing. You are willing to give. You have a willingness to give. That's the kind of giving that attracts heavenly blessings. To give with a willing mind. The common, the um, contemporary English version, which you don't have, I believe somebody has that. Who has a contemporary English version again to read for me? Please. What does it say? It doesn't matter how much you give. What it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you give. Are you with me? It doesn't matter how much it, you give. Now, what matters is how much you are willing to give from what you have. What matters is how much you are willing to give from what you have. Wow. It says, what matters? What matters where? What matters where? In heaven. What matters in heaven is not about how much you give, but it's about how much you are willing to give from what you have. 
Amen. So I want you to once again understand that God is not a man. And you cannot please God the same way that you please man. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? You cannot please God the same way as you please man. You cannot satisfy this the same way that you satisfy man. He says, for if there be first a willing mind, it is accepted according to that a man had and not according to that he had not. You see, that is, not, that is, a, a, that is completely different from a man's pleasure or pleasing man. Do you understand? Because for men, if you give a lot, they'll be happy. Even if you go and borrow, according to that he had not, if you give, they will clap for you. They'll be very happy. Is somebody understanding what I'm sharing with you? So men will even be happy you, oh, you didn't have, and you want to borrow. They heard you want to borrow, they will clap for you. But God says that that is not acceptable. What is accepted is according to what you have. You have a willing mind to give according to what you have. Are you learning something? So let us learn to give the heavenly way. Say the heavenly way. Say I'm giving the heavenly way. Do you have the amplified version in this? The amplified version? Let's look at that. He says, for if the eager, for if the eager readiness to give is there, if that is settled, if the eager readiness to give is there, then it is acceptable and welcomed in proportion to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you being blessed? I hope you are being blessed. So there must always be eagerness and readiness. There must always be a willingness to give. It doesn't matter. Anytime you are giving, it doesn't matter who you are giving to. Whether you are giving to a homeless person, a beggar, you are giving to someone's birthday party, you are giving to someone's funeral, someone's outdooring, someone's wedding, give with a, an eagerness, readiness. Willingness. Amen. Amen. And the Bible says, freely have you received. So freely, you also have to give. Do you understand? These are all ways of giving. Freely have you received, freely give. Some people like to receive for free, but they don't want to give for free. Do you understand? Some people want to give. They want to, re- they don't, they want to receive freely, but they don't want to give. What a, what a shock. How in your mind, how do you settle? How do you feel in your heart and in your mind that you are happy to receive? But when the time comes for you to give, you don't want to give. And you want to be blessed. understand that. (laughs) 
Recently, I was asking about what is the plan for the women? What is their plan for the fathers? I'm not even sure if I should say it in a message because it's embarrassing. And I, I said, what is the plan? What are we doing? He says, the women don't want to do. I said, ah, isn't that the women were the ones that were very happy to be taken to a special place to do this? They said, when they freely they have received. You know, so I don't see how you feel okay with that. Especially as a Christian. I don't see how and you expect that God will bless you. That you have received freely. But when the time comes for you to give freely, you say, ask for me, I can't give. It's a shock. It's a shock. I don't understand it. And so I was saying that then let's stop both sides completely. Let's stop. Because we are not being Christians. It's not the Christian way of doing things. Oh, seriously. I said then stop both sides. It's, it's not proper. Do you understand? We do this for ourselves. Do you understand? And I think it's, uh, I mean, it's not necessary to do exactly the same thing. I mean, that is not what is being called for. But to have the willingness that we also want to do something, even to appreciate, to say that we really appreciate even that we are even being treated like this. Freely have you received? Quickly, let's finish and then we will close. The next one, number four. Give with simplicity. Give with simplicity. Give with simplicity. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. Romans chapter 12 and verse 6. It says, having then gifts deferring according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith. The next, or ministry, let us wait on our ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorted on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. So giving, one of the heavenly rules for giving is to give with simplicity. Do you understand? Is to give with simplicity. Don't give and elaborate on it. Make it complex. Do you understand? Don't make it complex. Give with simplicity. Don't make it, don't give and then expect announcement. Do you understand? You give and then you expect that it should be announced. You give. To, I mean, look, it's God who blesses from giving. It's God who blesses from giving. Don't give and then be announcing to everyone. I gave and then they, nobody called to say thank you. Nobody called to say this. Nobody called to say thank you. I mean, 
The person is supposed to show appreciation. But if the person doesn't show appreciation, expect your reward from the Heavenly Father. Expect your reward from the Heavenly Father. Appreciation encourages. It encourages people to do more. But if it doesn't come, don't look for it. Don't be pursuing it. You know, someone... (laughs) Someone went to a pastor's house. And then... She went with a gift to the pastor. And then when she got there, the pastor was in, her, in his study. And so the pastor told the person that, oh, tell the person that, you know, I can't come down now. She sent a message. And so the messenger went to the, pastor, uh, the, the lady and said, the pastor is engaged. <laughs> and he, he, he cannot come down now. And then she sent a message back. He said, go and tell the pastor that I have a gift for him. That's why I'm here. I brought him a gift. He should come down so I can give him the gift. So the pastor said, sent a message that, tell the person to leave the gift with you. He says, oh, really? (laughs) Then you don't really want it. (laughs) So she took the gift away. (laughs) If you can't come down, to accept the gift from my hand, then you don't deserve it. And she took the gift away. So don't give and make the giving complex. Complexity. He said, give with simplicity. Give with simplicity. Someone promised to give a car to a pastor. And then he told the pastor, this, he says, Oh, when you are coming, this was in London. He says, when you are coming to church this evening, don't drive. Take the tube. Because I'm bringing the car. And then you drive the car home. (laughs) So the pastor also came with a tube. He and his family, his wife and children, they took the tube and they came to church. And so he preached, he finished, and then he's looking for the brother the brother is not in church. <laughs> the brother is not in church. Give with simplicity. Give with simplicity. And then he says, oh, he called the brother because they're waiting. Something may have happened to him. He called the brother. Oh, you know, as I was coming, this, this, is Okay, you and your family, just take the tube and meet me here at Elephant and Castle. I'm bringing the car there. The pastor said, no, 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 no. It's too late in the night. We're going home. Tell somebody, give with simplicity. Don't make announcements. Don't make announcements. There are some people, when they give, they want you to announce it. They want, they want to remind you. They want you to remember that they have given to you. You know? And then they ask you, oh, do you like the shirt? The shirt that I gave you. He said, oh, did it fit you? They ask you, did you like it today? Next week, they ask you, did it fit you? And then the next following week, they ask you, did you like the color? <laughs> did you like the color? Have you been wearing it? Did you like the color? Give with him. I'm teaching you heavenly rules for giving. 
And then they say, oh, I was thinking of giving you a green one also. I was thinking of getting you a green, if you like it, you like it, eh? I'll get you a green one also. <laughs> you know, and then the next year, next year they want you to remember the exact date. Do you know it's today the first anniversary? <laughs> Today is the first anniversary that I gave you that share. <laughs> we have to celebrate it. Do you still have it? I've not seen you wearing it lately. <laughs> Do you wear it outside? Do you wear it somewhere else? <laughs> give with simplicity. Tell your neighbor, give with simplicity. Amen. They want many thanksgiving, many thanksgiving, you know, to say thank you. Somebody gave, and then he was not happy that the pastor didn't announce it. The pastor didn't announce it. Amen. I mean, there's certain giving, especially for instance, when we are doing something in church and then we are raising certain funds. The Lord touches your heart to give. You give. You say, who can donate this amount? You give. You, the Lord has touched your heart to give. You know, now don't let us chase you, you know, and pray for you. And then, you know, explain why you, 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 you said you would give and you should give. And so many things. You should honor it. Simple. And then now, oh, I said I was going to give 500, but I have 50 now. So take 50. <laughs> Making it very complex. Somebody promised to give something to a pastor. And then, you see, giving to men of God is one of the ways that, um, you know, people feel, hey, I've given to you, and be careful, okay? Even you're preaching, be careful the way you are preaching because we've given to you. It's just last week that we gave to you. How are you preaching like that? Like lambastiness like that. I'm, I'm preaching. I'm preaching. It was just last week. Eh, has he forgotten? Ah, how can he be preaching like that? Blasting us like that. Talking like by heart. <laughs> Somebody promised to give something to the pastor. And then he came. Pastor, what's your size? <laughs> okay, so the pastor told him. And then two weeks or so later, he came again. Pastor, what did you say your size was <laughs> again? You know, because I'm planning to. What is your size again? You know? Ah, so that size fits you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I'm planning to shop for you. I'm planning to shop for you. So I want your size. Be simple. Be wise. Be wise. Hallelujah. What is the first rule? Give according to your income. Number two, give discreetly without a show off. Number three, give freely and willingly. Number five, give with simplicity. That's number four. Give with simplicity. Give with simplicity. Hallelujah. 
give with simplicity. You know, I think we cannot finish. I have too many. So, um, as I'm few more, I'll give you next time we meet. Let us put a pause here and then we'll continue next time we meet. Clap your hands together for the Lord. And stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh Lord, we are Father, we are thankful and grateful tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for showing us the heavenly rules. Biblical rules for giving. Heavenly rules for giving. Father, now we understand why we have given for so many years, but we have not received a reward from the heavens. We have not seen men giving unto our bosom a full measure. But now, Lord, we understand. For there are certain giving that do not come with heavenly reward. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your rules for giving. Your rules that attract blessings. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us what pleases the Father that is in heaven. We give you glory. We give you honor in the name of Jesus. Now, with all eyes closed and every head bowed, you are here tonight. You are not born again. You have not given your life to Jesus. I want to pray with you. If that is you, you are saying, Pastor, pray with me. I want to receive Jesus as my Lord and as my Savior. If that is your prayer, if that is what you are saying in your heart right now, lift up your right hand and I'll pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else you want to give your life to Jesus? Keep your hand up. Anyone else? Anyone else? God bless you, brother. Brother, I want you to join me here. I want to say a prayer with you. I surrender. I just want you to lift up your right hand with me and I want the whole congregation to join me and let's say this prayer together. Say after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Lord Jesus, I have sinned against you. I am not worthy but this evening I repent from my sins. I come to you just as I am. Please forgive me. Please wash me with your precious blood. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my life. Come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my master. Be my savior. From tonight, I will serve you the rest of my life. Lord Jesus, please write my name in the book of life. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now repeat this. Say this. Say, Satan. Lift up your right hand like this. And say, Satan. Listen to me. Listen carefully. You are no longer my master. I make a declaration tonight that Jesus Christ is my master. I will serve Jesus. I will follow Jesus. 
I will no longer walk with you. So get away from me. You are not my master. You have no power over me. Say, I bind you. Say, I bind you. I overcome you with the blood of Jesus. Say, thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I pray for your son. I pray, Lord, when one of your children come to you like this, Father, your word teaches us that the heavens rejoice. Now, therefore, Lord, we are confident in this, that the heavens rejoice because your son, who was lost, has been found. Now, I pray, O oh God, let a hedge be around him. Build a hedge around him. Protect him. Deliver him from every grip of the enemy. Set him free from every satanic grip and satanic bondage. In the name of Jesus, let the angels of God be on guard around him to keep him and to protect him. Let there be heavenly forces to be on guard around him to protect him. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this great deed. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother, God bless you. What's we believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Bright and Kuma, please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.